Give me your, your attention. This is the evil genius of professional wrestling, Titus Machiavelli. You're listening to E's and B's podcast by any means necessary. Good morning, all you wrestling and sports fans. This is the E's and B's, the Bacon and Eggs of Pro Wrestling Sports Podcast. And I'm your host, Eddie January. That's right. We've got a full breakfast pack today. I've got Aces Wild. Get your bets in. That's right. Tomorrow night going down in Denver. Can't wait. It's going to be amazing. Also, we got the Super Bowl set. NCAA Top 10 Basketball. UFC results from last weekend. What a banger that was. Also, a little bit of racing talk in everybody's favorite. That's right. You guessed it. Some wrestling. You're listening to the E's and B's podcast. Right here on the E's and B's. I'm your host, Eddie B, and this is the E's and B's podcast. Welcome into the greatest breakfast and wrestling sports podcast on your Friday. That's right. We're going to jump into the sunny side up. We got a full plate today. I hope the waitress has got your food coming because here we go. All right, all right. Wow, what a crazy week it has been in sports. And last weekend was just as crazy. Let's jump right into, well, the Super Bowl is set. That's right. Kansas City Chiefs taking on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And for the first time in NFL history, there is a home Super Bowl football game. That's right. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers playing at home in the Super Bowl. But that's not the big story. The bigger story is this is the 10th time Mr. Tom Brady will be returning to the Super Bowl. And the Chiefs, they will be running it back, of course, from last year. So this should be set up to be an outstanding matchup next Sunday, Super Bowl Sunday. 
Hey, next week we're going to have a special guest, Dan Jacobs from 104.3 The Fan coming on. We're going to talk about the Super Bowl predictions and all the great things going into Super Bowl next Sunday. So stay tuned for that episode. As you may know, going into this, I had to pick the Packers and the Chiefs. So I went one of one last week. Once again, not too bad, 50%. We'll keep a close eye on it. We'll we'll jump a lot more into Super Bowl things going into next week, so stay tuned for that. Other NFL notes I got for you. Hey, Matt Stafford, he's not coming back to Detroit, folks. Where do you think he's going to go? Let me know out there in E's and B's land. Give us a like, share, follow, a comment. Let us know what you guys think. Also, announced just earlier this, or just a couple days ago, it's official, Deshaun Watson is requesting a trade. Now, uh, me being a Dolphins fan, I've got my fingers crossed that he does not get traded to the Dolphins. I, I really want to see what Tua's got. You know, I don't think he's got a, he had a fair shot at it for a whole season yet. And I, I think if they build around him just a little bit more, we've got a very bright future. You know, we're coming, we're coming into the draft with a number three pick. There's a lot of things that could play into into the Dolphins' hands going into next future or the next season without Deshaun Watson, in my opinion. But we'll keep a close eye on that. Also, in the NFL news, we got some coach hires, folks. As I said last week, we kind of figured it was going to happen. But Urban Meyer, now your official head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars, he's got the first pick. Let's see if he turns that program around. You know, they're only two seasons off of a not a. a too bad of the playoff run, if you guys don't remember, but they're still struggling in the quarterback department. We'll see what uh, kind of moves the uh, the legend of Urban Meyer, as they say, what he'll do there in Jacksonville. Also, Jets hire Robert Salee from the 49ers. The Falcons hiring offensive coordinator Arthur Smith for their head coach position. The Chargers hiring Brandon Staley, defensive coordinator from the Rams. He will now be the head coach of the uh, Los Angeles Chargers, that's hard to say. And then last I got, uh, we got the Eagles. They get the uh, Colts' offensive coordinator as their head coach going into next season. So some head coaching moves. We'll keep an eye on the offseason here in the NFL, especially with all the crazy trade talks that's going to be going down, all the big player moves, and, of course, leading right up into the draft. But don't get too far ahead of it because next week, like I said, Dan Jacobs on the show, we're talking Super Bowl. That's right. All right, keeping things rolling here on the sunny side up. Let's talk NCAA basketball, folks. Top 10, as we always do here on the E's and B's. I'm just going to run down the top 10 as we lead up into this weekend. As May noted, some of these records or maybe some of these positions have changed. You know, bear with me. I can't do it all in, in one day. So, uh, number 10, we got Texas Tech at 11 and 5. Number 9, Alabama at 14 and 3. Number 8 is Virginia at 11 and 2. Number 7, Iowa, 12 and 3. Noted, IU beat them. Number 6, Houston at 13 and 1. Number 5 is Texas at 11 and 3. Number 4, the Michigan Wolverines, 13 and 1. Now, they did just shut down some things there in, uh, at Michigan, in the, uh, sports facilities and stuff like that on campus. I know they're back up and running, so we'll see what happens with them going forward. So we'll keep an eye on the Michigan Wolverines uh, sports programs going in the future, you know, see if they uh, halt anymore. Number three, Villanova, 10-1. and Number two, Baylor, 14-0. and And like always, number one this week, again, at 15-0, and Gonzaga. 
That's the top 10 going into this weekend, folks. Hey, I just want to side note real quick. I, you know, I was talking with the wife about it earlier this week. It's kind of crazy to think, you know, here we are halfway, I would say, through the basketball season, the college basketball season, that is. And North Carolina, Duke, and Kentucky are not ranked. How wild is that? Go back, check your calendars the last time that's happened. It's been a while, folks. So we'll keep a close eye on that as, the, of course, the March Madness approaches us. And we'll see what happens with those three squads as if they have a good enough record to maybe squeak their way into the tournament here in March. Keeping things rolling here. Keeping them dishwashers busy. The UFC 257 results from last weekend, folks. As you note here on the show, Lauren and I made some predictions. We picked uh, Michael Chandler and, of course, Conor McGregor to get the big wins last weekend. Well, here's the results and here's what happened. Michael Chandler getting a huge knockout win in the first round over Dan Hooker. No one really, you know, didn't, let's say, not see this coming. But a lot of people thought that Chandler, you know, maybe be was outmatched. And, and this might have been the opponent that he did not want to make his debut with at UFC. Well, he proved them all wrong, folks. He came out there and shut all the haters up. He, 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 he conquered the reach, the deficit that was against him. He was, you know, obviously the underdog in this fight and gets the huge win, now setting himself up for a great career path in the UFC. You know, he can call his shots. This guy's got a track record very long and very, very huge. And I believe, you know, with this very devastating, surprising knockout, you know, that maybe maybe some people thought about it was going to happen. But let's be honest, you know, even the bookies had him as the underdog, you know, not predicting him to get the win. Dan Hooker coming off of a, you know, great couple wins prior. This was uh, what we bargained for. Michael Chandler getting a win, a big statement. And uh, it definitely set the tone for what came up next. And that was the main event. What everybody had been talking about now for all month of January was this match. Conor McGregor was back. That's right, folks. Everybody was excited to see the champ come back in the UFC again. This time he's gonna fa- he was facing someone he's fought before. That's right, Dustin Poirier. You know they fought way back in 2014, and McGregor came out on top. And let's just say things were a little bit different this time, folks. That's right. Dustin getting the TKO win over Conor McGregor, excuse me, in the first round. No one's seen it coming, including myself. All all money bets aside, folks, Conor McGregor, I think, walked into this fight thinking it was a dog walk and he was going to have this sewn up, signed, sealed, and delivered, and, you know, and just basically a warm-up match for what was to come next. Well, things changed, my friend, and things changed dramatically on this night, as now... I honestly don't know what his future holds. What do you guys think out there in E's and B's lands? You know, he's lost four fights, four out of his last five fights, and they've all been, you know, pretty uh, devastating on his part. You know, he's he hasn't impressed anyone here recently. You know, his his last win was obviously against our own Donald Cerrone, and let's be honest, that fight was just really Donald Cerrone wanted to fight him. He wasn't prepared. That's not the true... Donald Cerrone that we know, so, you know, let's not put all all of our judgment eggs in Conor McGregor's basket after that fight, because we've seen what happened since, and it hasn't been good. I want to know what you guys think. I think that Conor McGregor's days are numbered, and uh, if I was anybody out there, 
I guess I would maybe want to fight him for the money, but honestly, if you're going to fight the best, I'm sorry, folks. Conor McGregor is no longer the best. Zamora is going to hit a royal flush at the Aces Wild Tournament, becoming your new Rocky Mountain Pro Charge champion. And you're listening to E's and B's Podcast. That was my man Jumbo. Thank you for that great Aces Wild promo. Make sure you check that out tomorrow night on Twitch. Rocky Mountain Pro, Aces Wild pay-per-view. Don't miss it. Keeping things going here on the sunny side. We've got racing talk here. That's right, folks. Last weekend, as you may know, on the show I talked about Showtime Speedway, Robert Yoho, the owner, the promoter, the man over there. He had a huge late model race going on for 15000 This was the second leg of the four super late model races that he's putting on this year for $10,000 to win each one. And if you win three out of the four, you get an additional 10000 So going into this race, last race winner, Michael Goddard, had a, had a little bit of advantage going in there. You know, he's already won one. He only needs two more for that additional 10000 So, you know, he kind of had a leg up on the uh, field. But this race was not one to miss. It was a good one as number 90, Steve Doerr, driving somebody else's car, I might add, dominates this race, winning over number 51, Steven Nassi, which this is his home track. As you may know, Steven Nassi, a big name right now in the late model world, as him and Bubba Pollard, probably the two biggest names, they travel the, the coast west to east to race all in, in all these big races. And uh, this is Steven Nassi's home track, and this time he comes up a little short, so... uh He's got three more chance or two more chances, but now Steve Doyer puts himself in contention to get that extra ten thousand. So we'll keep an eye on that. The next race coming up next month, I'll be uh, promoting a little bit more about it, but I'll also be promoting what's coming up at his track here in February, and that's the World Figure Eight Finals at Showtime Speedway. That we'll dive into a little bit more coming up in February. So stay tuned for that. Keeping things talking here, racing. Wild Wing Shootout happened also last week in Arizona, and our man Tony Stewart getting his first win of the 2021 season, dominating in the wing sprints out there in Arizona. It was great to see Smoke getting him a a victory to start out the season. Also, just a little side notes, don't forget folks, NASCAR just around the corner, we got the qualifying races on the 11th, and we've got the Daytona 500 on the 14th, but don't forget the shootout which this year is on the road course, will be on the 9th. So just about a week and a half away, folks, from some crazy racing going on in Florida. And as you may know, it's going to be Speed Week starting next week down there in Florida. So I'll be touching on some of the cool racings that w- racing events that will be going on around the state of Florida for the whole month of, Flo- of February for race weeks. And uh, it'll be cool to, to uh, definitely dive into some of that local stuff. So stay tuned for that. Make sure you stay tuned. Coming up here in the meat segment, we got the evil genius, Titus Machiavelli from Rocky Mountain Pro. We're going to be talking all things Aces Wild coming coming up tomorrow night. I can't wait. It's going to be awesome. But hey, before we get into that, let's jump into all five wrestling brands. That's right. We're going to start off with what happened last Friday on SmackDown. You know, they started out pretty crazy. Of course, Roman Reigns and uh, his advocate, 
Paul Heyman coming to the ring. Now, long story short here, Paul Heyman ends up face-to-face with Adam Pearce and calls him out for a match later on in the evening. And yes, if you're like me, I was on the edge of my seat ready to see Paul Heyman in the ring wrestling again. Now, if you remembered correctly, I think the last time he fought might have been against old Jim Cornette way back in the the 80s. But yeah, definitely a good way to start SmackDown. I'll just run down some of the matches here. Uh, They started off the night with a banger, that's for sure. Ashka and Charlotte getting the win over the Riot Squad. Of course, the Riot Squad having issues with Billy Kay once again. That's like three weeks in a row that girl stuck her butt in where it don't belong and uh, cost the Riot Squad the victory. But we're keeping a closer eye, I think, on the Charlotte and Lacey Evans situation, which I think might blow up coming up, you know, this weekend at the Royal Rumble. Also, stay tuned. The Scrambled Eggs segment today, all about Royal Rumble. I've got a bunch of history, facts. Going to be great. Uh, after that, they had Cesaro and a huge win over Dolph Ziggler. Now, let me tell you this. Cesaro needs the push, folks. He is the better wrestler, one of the better wrestlers on SmackDown, but one of the better wrestlers in WWE. I think he goes overlooked a lot more than he should. And this match here, uh, it was pretty good. Cesaro manhandling Ziggler, getting the win. Next up, we had Sasha and the match that we were waiting for her to have against old Reginald. That's right, Reginald is the uh, butler or whatever you want to call him to Carmella. And she called him out in a, in a match, and it happened. Well, by surprise, this guy actually is an athlete, and he uh, made this match work in my eyes. Uh, you go back, you guys go back and check it out, see what you guys think. But, you know, I'm not a fan, like I've said many a times, of the mixed gender matches and, and stuff like that. But this here uh, was pretty good, well, uh, well done. And, you know, of course, Sasha getting the win in the, in the end, but... Let's be honest, this guy here might have a future in the WWE after uh, he gets out of this role, or maybe this is the start. We'll see. Let me know what you guys think. After that, we had an Intercontinental Championship match, and this is also another match that's been brewing for the last three weeks we've been talking about. Apollo Crews and Big E. Well, Apollo Crews, unfortunately, getting the DQ win over Big E, but that's all because of Sami Zayn. Sami Zayn, he is a... He's putting on a clinic on outside of the ring, not wrestling, if you know what I'm talking about, folks. I love that guy. He's he's definitely the comedy side that is needed in wrestling. And he also can go. Don't don't get him wrong. He he can wrestle. But uh he cost Big He or excuse me, cost Apollo Cruz the actual belt, but uh he does get the win. After that, the Oxtable course from Ding Dong, it's Bailey. That's right, her show putting together an obstacle course this week, and I wasn't too pumped for it, but we all knew what what the outcome was going to be, and it happened. That's right, Bianca Belair destroying Bailey in the obstacle course, but of course getting beat up after it was all said and done. We all didn't see that coming, right? After that, we had Baron Corbin in a uh, pretty, pretty decent storyline match with the Mysterio family. It's been carrying on. They've been quietly putting it on here and there. But this night, he gets the win over Dominic in, in pretty much dominant fashion. You know, I'm not not a big big fan of Baron Corbin, but I will say this. That match there was pretty impressive, even though it was the green greener wrestler, I should say, of Dominic. But let's, uh, let's see what happens. Kind of a squash match. We'll see 
if the storyline carries on going forward. After that, the main event of the evening, like I said, the thing that had me sitting on the edge of the couch, it was supposed to be Adam Pierce taking on Paul Heyman. But as you know, Paul Heyman pulling some tricks out of the back pocket, hey, just like Adam Pierce did, you know, the week prior when he was supposed to be fighting Roman, you know, switch things up with an injury. Well, obviously the same thing happened here. Roman Reigns coming to the ring. He hits, he hits uh, Adam Pierce with the Superman punch. And just as you think things are going to go south for old Pierce, Kevin Owens to save the day. This obviously setting up what will be the main event or one of the main events this Sunday at Royal Rumble. Kevin Owens, Roman Reigns, last man standing. Who do you got? I know who I got. And I think it's going to be Roman Reigns just because this storyline can end right here with Kevin Owens. I think this storyline needs to grow. And I also mentioned, don't forget, folks, way back when, several months back, I think this storyline is leading to WrestleMania where we might just see The Rock, if you smell what I'm cooking. All right, keeping things going here on the sunny side, we're going to move right into the Raw happened this last Monday. You know, they started it out with a uh, standoff a little bit between Goldberg and Drew McIntyre, but then Miz and Morrison sticking their noses in where it doesn't belong. And it was kind of cool to see Goldberg and Drew McIntyre simultaneously hitting a hitting a claymore and a spear, crisscrossing in the ring, knocking out Miz and Morrison, and then obviously hopping right back up, and the focus went right back to them and each other. You know, obviously this, one of the other main events that will be happening on Sunday, I'm pumped. I hope it goes longer than two minutes. I don't want to see a quick wham-bam thank you, man. I want to see Goldberg go a little bit longer than normal and see what happens. So stay tuned. But anyways, moving right into Raw, Charlotte Flair, you know, she's on SmackDown. She's on Raw. Hell, they might as well put her on NXT, in my opinion. She is the face of the women's division at WWE. So, you know, you can't go wrong. But this night, she's getting the DQ win over Shayna Baszler. And the reason being... Nia Jax couldn't take it no more. She had to stick her nose in and uh, help her friend out. Obviously, we know those two still have a little grudge because they were the former tag team women's champions. So that storyline still brewing there on Raw. After that, it turned right into what was supposed to be a different match. Well, no, it was a six women's tag match directly after. And we had Charlotte, Mandy, and Dana Brooke taking on Nia Jax, Shayna Baszler, and Lacey Evans. You know, kind of crazy if they start the night out with Charlotte in a singles match and then, bam, throw her right into a six-woman tag. Obviously, uh, Charlotte, Mandy, and Dana getting the win, but afterwards, a little controversy on the ramp. Adam Pearce comes out to settle it down, and they restart the match, and this time, Nia Jax, Shayna Baszler, and Lacey Evans get the win. Wild way to start Raw. Kind of, you know, different. Obviously, Charlotte Flair putting in some time there. Pretty much three matches within the first three segments of the show. So, all props shouts to her, that's for sure. After that, they followed it up with a stinker. That's right. My man Xavier Woods, unfortunately, still stuck in this stupid storyline with the worst fraction in wrestling. But he gets the win over Jack Slap. Uh, man, I, I just, I don't want to talk anymore about them. That's all I can say. After that, Sheamus. Looking very, very good and a huge win over John Morrison. But afterwards, Miz calling him out and then challenging him to a handicap match. 
Of course, you know the answer to that. The outcome being Miz and Morrison beating down Sheamus and getting the win. But Sheamus, you know, looking better. Uh, we'll see what the storyline holds for him and see how he holds up in the Rumble this Sunday. After that, my man AJ Styles getting a big win over R-Truth. Then we had the gauntlet match. Matt Riddle set himself up this night for a gauntlet match to take on all members of the Hurt Business. Wow, what a crazy guy that is, that's for sure. I don't know if I could take on all four members. I mean, let's be honest, folks. They're the they're the biggest fraction, and I mean biggest by size-wise, in wrestling right now, in my opinion. I mean, these guys are chiseled machines, and uh, for Matt Riddle to call them all out, well, maybe not MVP, but we'll give that old guy a credit, you know. He, he's been hanging in there with these with these cats and, and looking darn, darn good doing it. But uh, the start of this out, the gauntlet match threw him in there first with ben, Shelton Benjamin. He gets the win quickly over Benjamin, moves straight into MVP, knocks out MVP, and then takes on the last member, Cedric Alexander, and gets the win. That sets him up now for a match whenever he wants with Bobby Lashley for that U.S. championship belt. You know, Bobby Lashley afterwards did not take very kindly to it, but Matt Riddle slips away. Things are things are looking up for old Matt Riddle. I think he's going to have a chance to maybe put a belt around his waist very, very soon, so we'll keep our eyes on that. After that, it was the main event of Raw, the match that I was kind of looking forward to, Oscar versus Alexa Bliss, but we all knew this wasn't going to be a straight match. There was going to be some antics thrown in for sure, and there was. Alexa Bliss, I might add, though, Boy, when she puts on her scary face, she's creepy. And uh, they're trying to make her a little bit more dominant than I think she should be. But, hey, you know, it's it's a good time to get the push. And I think she's got the push going for her. And I think it's going well, in my opinion. But this did not turn out well for her because Randy Orton, after the lights turned out and came back on, surprising Alexa Bliss, standing right square in the circle, hits her with the RKO. Bam. Right there. In the middle of the ring. What a way to end the night for Raw. You know, leaving everybody on their edge of the seats on what's going to happen this Sunday at Royal Rumble between The Fiend, Randy Orton, Alexa Bliss. You know, who knows? You know, we know Orton and Fiend will be both in the men's Royal Rumble and Alexa Bliss in the women's. But, you know, are they going to be gunning for each other? Or are they going to try to gun for the... The outcome of what you're supposed to do at the Royal Rumble, and that's win the whole thing to get your shot at the WWE Championship of your choosing. So we'll keep an eye out this Sunday on that. Like I said, coming up and Scrambled here just shortly, we'll talk all things Royal Rumble. But also, don't forget, coming up next, Titus Machiavelli. But still, as we are here on the sunny side up, let's jump right into Tuesday Night Action Impact. And let me just say this, Impact bouncing back after a couple... So-so shows, we'll say, with an okay show. Started the night out with a bang. You know, Swan talking about Tommy Dreamer's going to be 50 soon and, uh, you know, showing all the mad support for Tommy Dreamer being in in the business this long. Still, you know, still at it. And he was at it uh, on this night as well. But they started the night out with Matt Cordona and Josh Alexander getting a huge win over Ace Austin and Madman Fulton, you know, Definitely a mix-up of tag teams. They came across the Brian Myers in the back, and Brian Myers was not happy to see Josh Alexander choosing the always-ready Matt Cordona over him. And uh, he exited really quickly to go out to what he was on to the move for, and that's his match with Eddie Edwards. But I want to pause there and say this. I was super excited for this match. 
I thought the way Brian Myers has been performing lately, and we all know Eddie Edwards has been top tier for a while there at Impact, this was going to be what we wanted to see, right? Eh, wrong. This match started out good, had a lot of good things in it, but let me just say this. The way it ended was awful. I'm so tired of seeing people bite people. This gimmick has got to go. It's you know been done now probably four times in the last four months by each brand, maybe a different way, but it's just not good. Eddie Edwards biting Brian Myers, getting giving Brian Myers a DQ win. You know, they they pushed a little bit on commentary on, oh no, Eddie Edwards is back to his old ways, but let me just say this. Nobody's back to their old ways when they're biting people. That's just plain dumb, and it doesn't belong in wrestling. And I, I think that they could maybe figure a better way or a better storyline out for those two great talents. But unfortunately, that's how this one ends. After that, we had Rosemary getting a huge win over Dashwood. That match was not very good. Probably the worst match of the night. But like I said, this card all all in all was a good card and not a bad watch. But it had some shakeups in the middle like all, all wrestling shows do. After that, they had the Fire and Flare Fest. That's right. The, or excuse me, the Fire and Flavor Fest with the new women's knockout tag, tag team champions. This was a bad skit. I'm not even going to talk much about it. Don't waste your time on it. After that, Joe Deering in a huge win over Cousin Jake. And afterwards, you know, they thought you would think that this was going to be another beatdown of Cousin Jake. Of course, his cousin joining Joe and Eric Young forming their little fraction, and now, afterwards, Eric Young stopping everybody, not allowing them to, to beat down Cousin Jake, but yet maybe offering this Cousin Jake to join their fraction. We'll keep an eye on that next week and see which way that turns. But after that, it was the main event of Impact. That's right. This was a crazy one. A eight-man tag. Yeah, that's right. I said eight-man tag. You know me. I cannot stand... All these eight and six man tags, but you know, when you gotta get the talent on the show, you gotta get them on somehow, and this is how they did it on Impact Tuesday night. We had Rich Swan, Tommy Dreamer, Willie Mack, and special secret member Trey Miguel coming back to Impact. They get the big win over Moose, Sammy Calhoun, Kim Shamrock, and Chris Bay. This was a pretty good match for an eight man match, I might say. Uh, the big. The big talk was obviously Trey Miguel making his return to Impact, but the match obviously broke out into several different things, and then according to what I read afterwards, Ken Shamrock flipping out on the refs and Sammy Calhoun. We'll keep an eye on that coming up, but what I want to note before I let you go on the Impact side, on this night, Private Party and Matt Hardy made another appearance. They did not wrestle, but they made another appearance, staking their claim that coming up, they will be taking on the Good Brothers for the Impact Tag Team Championship. I can't wait for that. Let me tell you, if Private Party beats Good Brothers, woo, we're going to have a good shakeup in the wrestling world. But that's going to do it for Impact on Tuesday night. We'll keep things moving here as we got NXT just this last Wednesday. It was an okay show. Not much going on. Obviously, they're building for the pay-per-view coming up very soon, but... Other than that, this was a decent card from top to bottom. They started out continuing on with the Dusty Tag Team Classic, of course. We talked about that a couple weeks ago here on the show. Tonight, they started out with MSK, which formerly known as the Rascals from Impact. They got the win over Killian and Drake, which kind of shocked me because I thought maybe since they got their first win, that would be kind of their first push and that would be a little bit of 
the end of it for them for right now. Not expecting them to kind of carry on in this tournament. Maybe they might go the distance. We'll keep an eye on that. After that, it was the women's side as Dakota Kai and Gonzalez got the huge win over Aaliyah and Camellia. You know, not a fan of the women's Dusty, in my opinion. You know, they should have just kept it to the men's side. But, hey, I understand. You know, you got to share with everybody. So, after that, Tyler Russ getting a huge win over Dante Rios. Then the Dusty Classic continues on on the men's side as the Grizzly Young Vets get a huge win over Kushida and Leon Ruff, who won last week over Austin Theory and Johnny Same Face. Obviously, after this match, Johnny Same Face and Austin Theory had a little bit of helping hand. After that, we had a little brawl. Io Shirai pretty much staking her claim of why she's the champion, brawling with Tony Storm and Mercedes Martinez. Man, this could be a banger going forward. We'll keep an eye on that little feud. After that, another week of Bronson Reed. That's right. I love that guy, man. Can't get enough of him. He gets a big win over Isaiah Swerve Scott. And uh, I'm just very high on this guy. I can't wait till they move forward with him. Obviously, three weeks in a row now, we've seen three squash matches with Bronson Reed getting the big victories. Now it's time to put him up against some big names, in my opinion. Rounding out, after that, we had the main event of the evening, the match everybody was waiting for. That's right, Finn Balor actually teaming up with old foe Kyle O'Reilly. You know, undisputed era. You know, not too many people was expecting this to work, but it did as they got the win over Lorcan and Birch. Afterwards, Pete Dunne making a presence known. And uh, he jumped Baylor, but obviously in the back, undisputed, makes their their way to the ring to save the day. Adam Cole... Bobby Fish and company, and uh, you know, it's kind of weird seeing Finn Balor stand there with the Undisputed Era, but I think we're seeing a beginning of a new friendship, and who knows what's going to happen with Finn Balor and Kyle O'Reilly going forward, as most want to see them run it back for the third time, but uh, we'll keep our eyes peeled and, and find out what happens after that. And that was the end of NXT, like I said, not a bad show, keeping things going as we about wind things down on the sunny side, last one we want to talk about obviously was AEW Dynamite happening on Wednesday night, it's Wednesday night, you know what that means, I love the fact that JR starts the show out now like that every week, and I hope he does it for the rest of the time going forward. This night they started out though with a banger as as Eddie Kingston. And Lance Archer going one-on-one, and man, it did not disappoint. But, of course, in the end, you know, Kingston's family was there ringside to help out, and uh, it didn't go too swell for Lance Archer, Butcher and Blade, that is, taking advantage, and they beat down Lance Archer. After beating down Jake the Snake Roberts, I was kind of scared. They drug him out from the back, and man, we all know his health issues aren't the best, and he looked pretty rough. I know this is all, you know, part of the storyline, but man, I think they need to take it a little bit easier on our boy Jake the Snake, you know, we want to see him around for a lot longer. After that, they jumped into a couple promos. Oh, shocker, right? This night was full of Beach Blast and Revolution promos, and I'm not going to complain, but uh, John Moxley was the first one. He talks about what's going to happen coming up next Wednesday at Beach Blast as him Ray Phoenix and Pac take on the Good Brothers and Kenny Omega. And after we get done talking here in just a minute, what happened at the end of this night, boy, it's going to be a good one next week. That's for sure. 
Then after that, they jumped into another promo, but this one caught my eye because it was the Stinger. That's right, Stinger and Darby Allen in some abandoned factory or something, who knows, uh, talking about what's going to happen in the street fight going down at Revolution with Team Taz. And uh, the old Stinger kind of came out a little bit, banging some windows out with his bat and and uh, showing he's not scared of old Team Taz. So that's going to be great. Can't wait for that one. We'll definitely talk a lot more about that coming up in the near future. After that, we got back to the wrestling action, and it was a tag match. That's right, Inner Circle members, Chris Jericho, MJF, they get the huge win over the Varsity Blondes due to the fact that the whole entire Inner Circle being ringside. And let's face it, folks, if the Inner Circle's going to be ringside, there's a great chance they're not going to lose. And it helped this night as, obviously, you know, the Varsity Blondes, Blondes were outnumbered by the inner circle. I want to note Chris Jericho nailing the lion salt and getting the victory at the end. I think he's proven a point to some of you haters out there. If you didn't see it, make sure you go back, check out Chris Jericho's lion salt from Wednesday night. It was probably the best one I've seen him do in a long time. And I think it was for main or for a big reason. After that, another promo. That's right, folks. Shaq appeared on the screen and Shaq making the statement to Cody, calling him out, calling him a punk. And says, how about this? Shaq and Jade versus Cody and question mark in March. Well, they jumped right to it, folks. They brought Cody right to the stage. Tony Schiavone with the interview with Cody and Arn. Arn, though, taking the reins. And, uh, you know, he brought light to the what was going on in the situation. And obviously, we all know Brandy's pregnant. So we know she's not going to be wrestling. So Arn handpicked. This person to join Cody to take on Shaq and Jade Cargill in March, and it was none other than Red Velvet. Go figure, right? Red Velvet's been the main feature in some of these attackings by Jade Cargill, so it's not a shocker. It is a little bit of a shocker that they're going forward with this match without Brandy, but uh, we'll see what happens. I know they're going to build that up. we got about a month and a half to talk more about that, so we'll keep our eye on what happens with Shaq and Cody going forward. After that, back to the wrestling action, and man, did we have a good one. Hangman and Ryan Nemeth. That name doesn't sound very familiar. Well, it should, because he is the brother of Dolph Ziggler, you know, wrestler of uh, over there on WWE, and uh, this was his debut here on Dynamite, and uh, it was a tough one for him as Hangman Page gets the win, but I want to note during the match, Matt Hardy comes to ringside, cheering on Hangman Page, and then after a little bit of a back and forth talk with with Matt Hardy and I think something might be in the works with these two you know Matt Hardy is in the business now of managing wrestlers and it seems that Hangman's uh on his radar next after that it was the match of the year so far in my opinion if you have not seen this match folks I know I say this a lot but I'm I'm being serious on this one go back check it out Jungle Boy takes on Dax and it did not disappoint it had everything you wanted, including some craziness on the outside. The rules stated this match, Luchasaurus had to be handcuffed to Tolly Blanchard and Cash. That way there was no interference whatsoever going to happen. And it, it didn't. But this match was a little bit of new school mixed with old school. It's what I love the most about wrestling right now in these times. It's people like Dax who is so technically great and an old school style mentality 
versus somebody like Jungle Boy who is fresh off of learning the business, you know, or, or should I say, fresh in the business, you know, very green, but has so much talent. This match put together very well and did not, and I repeat, did not disappoint. But unfortunately, Jungle Boy gets the win over Dax. Dax, you know, definitely the more veteran wrestler, but here tonight was not the better wrestler as Jungle Boy tops him. But afterwards, a little bit of scrimmage on the outside has or totally pulls some old tricks out of his pocket, throwing some powder in Luchasaurus's eyes. They get out of the handcuffs. They end up handcuffing him to the ring. And to end the segment out, they cut his horns off his mask. Oh, no, what's going to happen next? Stay tuned. I'll keep you updated going forward. After that, Team Taz gets their time for their promo spot, and they were outside the building in mass force, and they were destroying the Darby Allen and Sting merchandise stand set up, and uh, Taz sending sending a message to Stinger saying, they're coming, I hope he's ready. Like I said, that match is going to be pretty cool. I'm not sure if it's actually going to be in a ring or if it's going to be a cinematic kind of style match. We'll keep our eyes out and, and, and hope for the best. That's all we can do, right? After that, Britt Baker getting a little bit of ring action as she got a huge win over Shauna. Afterwards, obviously putting it to Shauna and Thunder Rosa coming to save the day as Britt and Rebel vanish very fastly from ringside. That match obviously going down next week. I can't wait. That one's been building for weeks now. And I think between Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker, we're going to get a awesome women's match next Wednesday night. Uh, after that, they set us up for what was the main event of the evening, but they were having a short interview with Dasha in the back with Young Bucks and Good Brothers, and you could just feel the tension. You know, I'm not sure if it was meant to be like that or what it was, but it just seemed like something wasn't right. And then, of course, Don Callis sticking his nose in, and uh, things kind of got a little heated. Kenny Omega comes in. They obviously split things up, send the Young Bucks out to the ring. I was afraid the Good Brothers weren't going to come out. Honestly, I, I really thought after that little skirmish in the back that they were going to stiff them another time. But no, I was wrong. The Young Bucks teamed up with the Good Brothers to take on the Dark Order. And this match, folks, was everybody was waiting for. Finally, the Bullet Club reunited together. Good Brothers, Young Bucks, they get the win over Dark Order, but I want to give some shout-outs to the Dark Order, especially John Silver and Alex Reynolds. Them dudes, man, they're getting better every time I see them, including even Evil Uno, believe it or not. Yes, these guys are getting better every time I see them. The only thing I, I, uh, I'm afraid of is I think now they're not heels. I, I feel like they've went face after the unfortunate happenings, and you know it's going to be hard to boo these guys going forward, but... This match, they teamed up well against the Good Brothers and Young Bucks. They put on one heck of a display. If you have not seen this match, make sure you go check it out. It was uh, it was well worth it. I won't give it the match of the night because i got to give that to my boy Dax and Jungle Boy. That match right there was just muh. That's all I can say about that. But after the match, we had John Moxley making an appearance. That's right. And jumps the Good Brothers, attacking the Good Brothers. Things went wild. Down comes Kenny Omega to try to save his old pals, and Moxie was ready for him, hit him with the paradigm shift, and uh, things got a little bit out of hand as the Young Bucks tried to break some things up and be the peacekeepers, but 
You know, down come Ray Phoenix. Ray Phoenix double drop kicks off the top rope, which I've never seen somebody get so high. This dude was almost out of the building if there was a roof. And it just escalated into what's leading up to Beach Bash coming up next Wednesday as John Moxley, Ray Phoenix, and Pac take on the Good Brothers and Kenny Omega. I can't wait. Make sure you tune in next Friday because we'll be talking all about that probably on the Scrambled Egg segment. But make sure you stay tuned. Coming up here in just a minute, folks, Titus Machiavelli from Rocky Mountain Pro. But before that, let me give you a little bit of the champion, Dustin Urich. This is the Vulture Dustin Urich, your Rocky Mountain Pro champion. And you're listening to the E's and B's podcast. And we're getting ready for the big Aces Wild Tournament this weekend. Watch out for the weapon, Damon Ace, as he's going to run through all the competition. And at the end of the day, the championship's going to stay right here in the wake, right where it belongs. All right, ladies and gentlemen, the long-awaited. It's an honor and a pleasure, all the way from Rocky Mountain Pro Wrestling, ladies and gentlemen. He is the man who calls it as he sees it, and sometimes comes up with a better plan while doing it. Ladies and gentlemen, I give to you the evil genius... Titus Machiavelli. What is going on, my friend? How you doing? Great, my man. How are you? Ah, you know, I'm seeing some light at the end of the tunnel. We've gotten through 2020. We've survived. Um, ready to, to, to kick it into the next gear. I hear you. Yeah, there's definitely light. You know, we're starting to see some fans showing up in places, which is a good sign. You know, just keep positive thoughts, positive, pushing positive. That's all we can do, right? All we can do. All right. Well, for all my listeners out there in the E's and B's land, this is Tyus Machiavelli from Rocky Mountain Pro. I brought him on today because we're going to talk a little bit about himself, but we're also going to talk about what's going on tomorrow night. What's that there, Titus? That would be the inaugural pay-per-view event for RMP Aces Wild. Very excited about that. Wild, yes. I'm pumped for it. I know there's a great lineup in store. We'll dive into that a little bit later. But first, my man, Let's jump into a little bit about you. Here we do how we do here on the E's and B's is we ask a few questions. Some of them silly, some of them wrestling related. Uh, since we are going to talk a little more about Aces Wild, we won't go all the way in depth like we normally do with our interviewees. But I got some good stuff. You ready? I'm ready. Let's do it. All right, for my listeners and fans out there, Titus, tell everybody how you got your start in the wrestling world. Oh goodness! You know I got a late start in pro wrestling. I I was the guy in high school that everyone knew. Hey, you're going to be a pro wrestler. You're going to be a pro wrestler. Um, got sort of into the, shall I say, the seedier side of the independent wrestling scene. Really kind of turned me off. It wasn't until I was in my uh, oh oh my almost mid thirties before I started looking at pro wrestling here in Denver. Again, got into a little of the seedier side, and then your eyes wide open. Um, and then, you know, I got, uh, an opportunity out in California to work at Vendetta pro wrestling out there. Um, like ring of honor star sledge. He was there. I got a chance to work with a lot of guys there really learn a lot about who my character and who I am on TV. And then when I came back to Colorado and what was that? It'd be uh 2014, um, Mercury, Matt Yaden kept saying, if you ever come back to Colorado, we have to do something together. And well, here we are. I'm still doing it now in 2021. Awesome. Awesome. And, and doing a fine job, I might add. <laughs> uh, you know, some days. Well, you know, I enjoy I watching you there, really you know, on Twitch. The time. 
yeah, watching you on Twitch with KD, it's very enjoyable. If you haven't seen it, make sure you follow them on Twitch uh, as they do all their live tapings on Twitch, Rocky Mountain Pro, that is. And this Saturday will be on Twitch as well, right? This is correct. Ace is wild. Uh, Pre-show starts at 4 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. The actual pay-per-view event is uh, at 6. You must be a subscriber uh, to watch the show itself. You can be a follower and watch the pre-show. Got two matches. We'll talk about that, I'm sure, later uh, during that pre-show. But you have to be a subscriber. But also, that gets you that full month. So not only do you get the, you know, the show tomorrow night, but you're also going to get the next TV taping on February 20th. Yes, yes. Two shows for the price of one. A must. You're right. You're right. Two for one. All right, Tyus. Next question I got for you. Tell my fans and listeners out there, who's your favorite wrestler of all time? Oh, it's easy. Uh, it's the same one it was back in 1986. It's Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan. Uh, take, all, take all the backstage, all the... the nobody could entertain a crowd um, in 1986, 1996, 2006. Uh, nobody could entertain a crowd quite the way that Hulk Hogan did. And that's what brought me into wrestling. It was larger than life. Absolutely. I can 100% agree. You know, you know, just it was like the lights were on as soon as he came in. It didn't matter what was going on. The attention came to him. And yeah, like you said, it don't matter what decade. He definitely was the showstopper. I was um, I was just a, a, you know, a young you know, teenage kid and uh, at the old McNichols Sports Arena in Denver. That'll date me you know, for some of you older people. Uh, he took on Kamala, and I swear he posed for what felt like a half an hour. <laughs> I'm sure it was like seven or eight minutes, but it was it just it never it encapsulated everything you'd want as a kid. Now, as an older guy, I probably you know prefer the the the, the Hollywood Hulk Hogan side more than the you know, the old uh, yellow and red as I did as a kid. But um, that was the greatness of Hogan was I would say the best baby face you ever saw in the business the and quite possibly the best heel too. Yeah, absolutely. Agreed. I have this conversation so many times over and over with my uh, wrestling friends. It's absolutely the best heel move in the, in the business, in my opinion, but yeah. you know, that could be debated. We could, we, we could go on days about oh, that. You're very right. debatable, but uh, it's a short debate in my mind. Sure. Sure. All right. Keeping things rolling here, Titus. How about this? If you could go to breakfast tomorrow, with any wrestler or wrestling personality, who would it be and what are you guys having? Oh, um, really and truly, it would be um, – it's a, it's a tie for me. It's either Paul Heyman um, or it's Bobby Heenan. Uh, both are very influential into who I am uh, as a, a, a wrestling pr a performer uh, these days. Um, it would be breakfast and it would be Eggs Benedict. Awesome. Awesome choice. And I can't agree, you know, with you much more because I see a little bit of Paul Heyman in my, my eyes and you, and when I obviously listening to you watching on Twitch, but you know, just some of your tendencies, not everything, obviously you have your own ways, but yeah, I, I would love to sit down with either one of those, even Heenan, just to pick their brain, maybe hear some great stories. You know, have the thing, the thing about wrestling is <clears throat> you, you'll hear often people say, well, that's just a rip of, it is. Uh, there is truly an absolute rip uh, of Paul Heyman. However, it's how I portray it and make it mine. Yes. Um, wasn't a big. Look, I, I'm, a, I'm a Colorado guy. During the the the, the Monday Night Wars, I wasn't. Uh, I didn't have access to ECW. Wasn't really a big uh, ECW guy, honestly. Uh, it's the mindset. It's the way he thinks about the business itself that is just so tremendous. 
And uh, so, yeah, there's a big rip. Uh, both of my care, you know, both of those are huge inspirations. I mean, evil genius, body, mm-hmm. the brain. Come on. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I, yeah. And you, you go back to Hogan. Who was Hogan's greatest foe? It was Bobby Heenan. It wasn't Andre. It wasn't Paul Orndorff. It wasn't Big John Studd. It, it was always Heenan and the guys that he put up in front to defeat Hogan. He, Hogan's greatest, you know, opponent was Bobby Heenan. Yep, yep. Even when he wasn't, when he was done managing and still commentating. Yeah, you're right. He was still. He, he might have spoiled. Biggest, yeah. He might have spoiled that uh, Bash at the Beach '96 just because he was in character. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Gotcha. All right, as we keep things going here, just a couple more, and then we're going to st- turn the tables over to you, Titus. Get into what's going to be happening tomorrow night, Aces Wild. But before we do, tell me this, Titus: What famous actor is playing the movie Titus Machiavelli, and in, he's playing you? That's a great question. Um, and I, I, I've, I've got, sometimes it's names that never stick with me. Uh, the, the guy who played Kingpin in Daredevil, um, he was in um, Law and Order, uh, Criminal Intent. Um, God, what's his name? <sighs> my wife loves him. Um, <laughs> that would have been my answer if I had half a, half a, you know, a, a, you know more, more caffeine. I'd have been all right. All right. All right. I got you. Shoot. <laughs> Give me a sec. I'll look it up. It's a race to see who gets it first. If you're listening here on the E's and B's, we are looking up a character that we might think that Mike could play Titus Machiavelli in the movie Titus Machiavelli Light. Vincent? Here it is, but where's the stinking name? Vincent da, da, Va- Vincent D'Onofrio. There we go. Vincent D'Onofrio. Sorry, folks. If you yeah, listen, that's who we were trying to figure out. You know, could play D'Onofrio Titus. played Kingpin so... Uh, I'm a big Marvel Cinematic Universe guy. I never was big in the comics. I'm a huge yeah, MCU guy. And he played that character so convincingly that I couldn't imagine anybody else doing it. And the fun thing is when I used to work out in California, um, <clears throat> before I left and took some time away from wrestling uh, for my real you know career real job outside of wrestling i was uh talking with those over at hood slam um and we were actually working on having me come in as kingpin i mean look at me for crying out loud um, <laughs> d'onofrio um has that um that character that characters he plays in that in that one in particular um very much is the epitome of what i am um if you take the 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 background of where the, the name Titus Machiavelli comes from comes from Niccolo Machiavelli. The ends justify the means, a book called uh, The Prince. And um, the, the character is very similar. I, I look at him on a, on a physical side. Uh, obviously, there's lots of similarities, but um, his uh, way he took Kingpin really made me go, that's a guy who could play my character. Okay, okay. That's definitely understandable. And for for you that don't know him out there, go look him up, check him out. Let us know what you think. (laughs) But hey, last question I got for you, Titus, before we turn the tables over here to you and go aces wild on everybody. Tell me, what's your favorite thing about Rocky Mountain Pro Wrestling? The fact that it takes pro wrestling as serious as it should. There are so many... um, I don't want to use trash bag, but that's probably it would relate to people more. This there's wrestling that is uh, far below the the word professional. Uh, everything that everyone does, uh, from from management to talent to production 
really takes that professional part of pro wrestling very, very serious. And you see that on, you know, when you got people who, um, who come in from, uh, like we, we've got somebody who, who, who's been to our place, um, who works with, uh, the mammoth and, and all the, you know, the, the, the big, you know, sports professionalism and go, look what you guys do with such a, a limited budget and a small amount of, of, um, of, of equipment. Um, it's because we take it so very serious, <coughs> excuse me. And that's, what's really, uh, to me, that's what makes Rocky Mountain Pro so much different than your average wrestling organization is it really takes itself very serious wrestling's fun don't get me wrong we have a blast but it's a serious business and we don't you know we we want to wear you want to wear gear you want to have you know good sounding mics and good good video and um i think that's what you know that's why you see people like otis go from our school to wwe abaddon to aew dak draper and royce isaacs over to uh ring of honor because of that professional aspect that rmp has and that's all because of matt yaden i mean that's he leads from the top in that absolutely absolutely and let me just tell you that's what got me was the professionalism coming out of the aew event with my younger daughter and you guys were out in a mass presence handing out flyers and stuff promoting yourself and not only did it, did it catch my daughter because she wasn't sure what at that time indie wrestling was but you know it caught my attention where man these guys are serious they're out here pushing their product. They're not worried about what's going on inside. You know, they're out here pushing themselves. And that showed me right away. And then obviously a little bit further on down the line here, I, I've developed an awesome relationships with these people. And, I, you know, I love every minute of it. And I can't wait to see what the future holds. And speaking on that, Titus, how about let's talk a little bit about the future. Let's talk tomorrow night. Ace is wild going down. What can you say about it? Well, there's there, it, it, it's a lot to say in the same token. There's not a lot to say because it is a tournament uh, that is the highlight of the event. Um, started with a 16-man tournament. Uh, the original idea was to run a one-night tournament, all six, all 16 down to one. Uh, but it ended up being, you know, the uh, three of the four rounds will be tomorrow night. We uh, use the first round qualifiers as television, which is which which worked out really well. Um, so there's only a, a small amount of the tournament I can talk to you about because, well, we don't know who's won those matches yet, <laughs> right. um, but we've got, uh, eight, uh, super talented, uh, individuals. I'm going to run those. I got cards right here, ready to go. Um, we, you know, those, uh, oh, that second round is going to start out with matches, uh, big filter taking on the up and coming Balaam, who I have got a serious eye on. I think Balaam uh, this time next year may have a completely different um, look uh, from the the fans at RMP. Absolutely, uh, we, I could agree with you. And not to cut you off there, Tyus, but Balaam was on two weeks ago, and I know he's ready, and I can't wait to see what he's got for us. Yeah, this this kid's got so much uh, heart and determination. Talk about professionalism. Absolutely, he is in the the gym at the school every single day. And uh, he takes it very seriously, and he's just a – he's fun. And that's that's a unique uh, perspective that you get uh, in, in this business. Sometimes people are very serious. Sometimes they're very fun. Not too often you get the two of those together. And Balaam's that guy that I got – I is, you know, the guy who, you know, books these shows and, 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 and whatnot. I have an eye on. That's for sure. Awesome, awesome. Uh, then we've got uh, Lipto, the former – 
charged champion uh, that he takes on Curtis Cole. Curtis Cole is one of only three men to hold the Rocky Mountain Pro Championship, the charged and the tag team championship. And, um, and and seeing Curtis, he seems to be a little bit more focused towards this. And he's kind of been a fun loving uh, spray bottle him. And yeah, I don't know. What yeah, him and, tag yeah, the tag dudes, dudes the tag dudes have been running around. We've seen what they've yeah, been I'm up not to, sh- but yeah, I've never been a big fan of who I would refer to as side show Curtis. He has that side show Bob hair <laughs> yeah. first came into RMP. Uh, but uh, Lipto, a, an up and coming talent, but he's got a tough matchup against Curtis Cole. Um, that one's that one might be one of those that could steal the whole night uh, with those two in the ring. Okay. Okay. Um, then one of my favorites, uh, of course, is Severino Corrente. He'll be taking on the former two-time Rocky Mountain pro champion, Atiba. That's a guy, Atiba. I, I honestly believe that some point in the next year, uh, you won't see Atiba uh, on Rocky Mountain Pro because he's going to get picked up somewhere. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So talented. I agree. I caught him just a couple weeks ago there at OVW in their Rumble, not Nightmare Rumble, that is. And, you know, a couple of talents were there from Rocky Mountain Pro. But I agree with you, Titus. I, I think Atiba's well on his way. You know, yeah. it's he, he, I, I think there's just a couple of things that uh, we need to work on uh, with him. I think his, um, his, one of the hardest things that you do in this business is being able to talk. Yeah. And that's yeah. probably his one, you know, uh, place where he can, you know, spend some time on. He's, uh, he's extremely strong. If you see him do that, you know, straight deadlift, uh, pick up into a suplex, uh, he's got high, high, uh, high flying ability, uh, grounding wrestling, uh, it's that one little thing. I think we get that dialed in, and um, there's nothing that's going to stop Atiba in the future. But he's taken on Severino Corrente, who I still say is the king of charged. Okay, okay, we'll keep an eye on that one. And I think the biggest shock of the night will, you know, is this next, you know, matchup because of what it, the implications. Damon Ace, uh, a number one seed in this tournament, he's going to have a bye in the second round due to the time limit draw between Ronan. And Corey Lyon. So Damon Ace, I said there was going to be eight. I lied. There's only seven because of that buy. This is a guy who is 6'6". He's a freaking monster, appropriately named The Weapon. And he gets a buy in that uh, second round. Um, He's going to be able to sit back and, you know, keep cool and relaxed and, you know, take on uh, the winner of, um, uh, I believe it's going to be the winner of Filter and Balaam. So that's who they're looking forward to. You know, if you're if you're Balaam, you get if you get able to get through filter, you go from uh, one big guy to the next, and a guy who rested on top of it. So I think that's a huge, huge deal uh, for Damon Ace and the members of the Wake. Him and 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 Dustin Urich, of course, the winner of this tournament uh, goes to our next pay per view in the spring, uh, Never Broken, and takes on Dustin Urich. What a twist it would be if Damon Ace wins that. Yeah, if you're Dustin Urich, are you concerned, do you think? If I'm Dustin Urich, I would be concerned. If Dustin Urich had me as his manager, he wouldn't be concerned. Gotcha, gotcha. But I'm retired, so. All right, all right. But that, that's the, that, that's the, of course, that the, the, the centerpiece of Aces Wild, that tournament. Um, we've also got every championship being defended. Plus, we have a, a pretty fun pre-show uh, that is for all of our followers. Um, and we just hit, you know, we just recently hit 9,000 followers over on Twitch, which is just amazing. And um, so we have two matches that take place in that uh, 
pre-show that you'll get for absolutely free. First is a 10-person battle royal. The winner of that battle royal will get a future shot at the charge championship. Uh, every match outside of the tournament uh, is going to have a stipulation attached to it. Uh, it's Aces Wild. We're going to have casino games to help determine these uh, stipulations. Um, the Battle Royal has a stipulation already set up. Um, it, it will be the whoever wins, uh, they're going to do a high card. Every, all 10 competitors will draw a card. Whoever gets the high card gets to re-enter the Ooh. Battle Royal if they get eliminated. Okay. There's That's an little... interesting in, uh, opportunity there. And again, it's a charged championship matchup down the line. So That's uh, an ace up to sleeve, if you know what hey, I mean. Hey, 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 if I had a drum roll. Um, <laughs> Uh, uh, but yeah, their competitors, you're going to see the uh, Porter Blake, who just returned uh, at our last TV taping. Mm -hmm. uh, the up-and-coming newcomer, uh, J.D. Bentley. Don't know a lot about him yet, but boy, this kid's got a lot of upside uh, working with him. Lilith Grimm will be in uh, uh, in that as well. Uh, I don't, you know, don't think of her as a woman because she ain't like no woman I am. He's a beast. Let's she just, let's just say it. Uh, the young uh, Zion will be in there. Uh, Hazard is in that battle royal. A lot of the people who were uh, eliminated in the tournament are going to be involved in this uh, battle royal. Gotcha. Um, Zero Cool, who just recently was, I don't know, is Dustin Urich, you know, a little, you know, um, does he have a place in his heart for Zero Cool? Because uh, Damon Ace crushed him in their tournament matchup, and Dustin Urich helped him up and helped him out to the to the back. I'm not yeah, sure what that was we'll, about. We'll have to keep an eye on that for sure. That's, that's right. Um, Ronan, uh, who's now leading his own group called Legion, a uh, Lilith Grimm is part of that. Um, Corey Lyon and yes. Brumach, another member of Legion. So three members of Legion will be in that battle royal. Mm. Legion and, heavy, and a, yeah. Yeah. And the final one is Mercury Yaden with mm. him in his squirt bottle. <laughs> so one of those 10 will have a charged championship opportunity. Um, but yeah, that ace up the sleeve is kind of an interesting uh, twist to that matchup. You can get thrown out uh, and get right back in. All right. Well, we'll definitely keep our eye on that. We cannot wait. It's going to be great. Pre -show. That's, so only that, pre -show, That's only the pre-show, folks. That's going to only start things off for the evening. And then, of course, the main event of the pre-show, we have two matches there, will be the bearded lady uh, taking on Chongo Bronson for uh, either the Twitch or ignition championship he has to decide by by tomorrow night uh which championship he wants to defend uh i got a I got, I got a feeling he's going to keep the twitch championship uh, but uh that, that will be the main event of the evening of the, of the pre-show excuse me um will be chongo and the bearded lady and of course uh his manager her manager excuse me uh bud bellflower Oh, awesome. We've had Bud on here before, obviously talking about the Three Ring Circus, and I know he's very high on them. I haven't seen enough to say much about them, but we'll wait and see, right? Yeah, I think the Bearded Lady, uh, of the Three Ring Circus, uh, Bearded Lady is by far, I think, the most talented. Uh, then you got Monster Nine, who is just a beast, and Mr. Happy, who's a little off his uh, his. Yeah, not his all that. There. You're right. You know, he gets right. smacked in the face and he's still laughing and smiling. And that's, that's never a good thing when you've got that some sort that sort of sociopathic, uh, outlook. Right. Right. Uh, so that, that's the pre-show. Um, 
the show will actually open with the second round of the tournament. Um, midway will be the third round, and You're the right. main event will be the final round. The so final those competitors have it. a little bit of a break in between. Good. Going boom, boom, so boom, boom, there's boom. a possibility of what, Titus, of wrestling three times in, in yeah. on Saturday a, night? Outside of Damon Ace, uh, who will <clears> only <throat> wrestle twice, uh, yeah, you'll wrestle three times in that night uh, to get in, to, to win that. So I think that's you know I think that's that's gonna be tricky. Uh, being able to you know you look at you know, like I said you got uh, Balaam taking on Filter and then is guaranteed to take on Damon Ace because he has the buy. And if he got through those two, he would face you know somebody uh, in the finals. That's a tough thing to ask of somebody. Yeah, that's so, a long road. That's a long yeah. road, but when, we know it can be done. It can be. The question I have is, what is the advantage? Is it the person, a person like Balaam or Lipto mm -hmm. or Atiba, who can really, you know, use their uh, endurance and their, uh, their, their long winded? Uh, do they have the advantage because of the number of matches? Or does a guy like Damon Ace or Filter have an advantage because of their overall size? I'm not sure what the answer to that question is. I don't, I don't know if I know either. I can't wait to find out. Uh, like I said, it's going to be a great night. So we'll definitely have to check into that. And then I'll get back next week and let everybody know how it went down. That's for sure. And we also have some championship matches in between those tournament uh uh, brackets as well. The Lockettes Championship is going to be determined. Uh, we don't have a stipulation. And of course, there's a stipulation for uh, Chongo and Beardley. Don't know that yet. The only one that we do know is that Battle Royal, that re -end. Uh So the uh, Lockettes Championship, uh, Ola Lola will be uh, challenging uh, the mom, Rochelle Riveter, for the Lockettes Championship. We're also going to have the tag team championship being defended as JK pop defends against the, uh, the aforementioned three ring circus, lots of animosity between those two teams, three ring yes. circus making their debut attacking uh, JK pop definitely got their uh, attention. Um, so JK pop look, they look a little edgier than I've seen them be. Uh, and I'm a big JK pop guy. Uh, I'm, I, I was one of the guys that told the powers that be, uh, when I wasn't in charge of creative, so to speak, uh, <laughs> pro wrestling here, uh, the, the one of the previous guys, pretty famous guy, I won't, I won't put him over too much. Um, I told, I, you know, I told him, I said, you're missing the boat on these two guys. These two guys are, are very, very talented and they've, they've gotten their chance to show that in JK pop, but, uh, boy, they look a little bit more, uh, you know, when you get attacked from behind, miss a month of, of, uh, of wrestling shows, um, you, you get a little ticked off. Yeah, I don't blame them. Yeah, I'm sure they're going to be coming in with a chip on their shoulder. Should be. That'll be a, a great tag match. You know, like you said, J.K. Pops held the title for a long time, but uh, a you know, this this isn't no easy easy match or easy pushover, as they say. So we'll definitely. Uh, and I think the thing here is is the, the you, know, uh, you know using a casino term of oh, the wild card in this again is Bud Bellflower. Uh, Bud has yeah. put together, I think, a very nice. Uh, plan of attack on JK pop. And, um, you know, he's on the outside as a former manager myself, you do what you need to do to put your clients in the best opportunity. He's done that. Uh, say what you will about bud. Uh, he has put his, all of his clients are in championship matches, uh, tomorrow night on East is wild. So, uh, he's not willing, he's not, uh, outside of the ability of, uh, getting involved in some way. Yeah, absolutely. Coming in with three new faces, being kind of new himself to the managing scene, being on the scene, you know, it's pretty cool to have, uh, you know, title shots right off the bat. I would say if I was in budget. Yeah, it, it, that that definitely it, it speaks a lot to uh, his 
his uh, you know small uh, 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 time frame. His acumen as a manager has been pretty good. Uh, he's got all three uh, in championship matches within two months of their debut. Pretty yeah. impressive. Has he been taking notes from you, Titus? Is that what he's doing? Um, he better be. Yeah, I say so too. I say <laughs> yeah, so too. He, he's talking about the, the 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 greatest faction in Rocky Mountain Pro history. You know, I, I had the four point cartel. I had Hoodlum and Naya and the Canadian Pit Bulls. I had all four championships under my, and I was the, I was also the CEO. Yeah, company, he's got so. he's got a ways to go. So. <laughs> um, the last uh, matchup that I'm going to talk about is, of course, the Charge Championship. Uh, that is our, you know, what they call the mid card championship. That's our intercontinental kind of a TV championship. It's the workhorse uh, of this company, and our current champion, the boss, Bruce Wayans. Uh, will be defending against Jumbo. Again, a stipulation uh, to be determined during the pre-show. I failed to mention that. Okay. Uh, we will okay. have all those stipulations during the pre-show. So you'll you'll find that out before the actual uh, event. Well, you must be a subscriber. Starts at 6 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Awesome. Awesome. Can't wait, Titus. It's going to be an awesome night packed. Aces wild. So many stipulations. So many great wrestlers. But better yet, you of all, right? You got me, and then my partner KD, and and I love KD. I give him a lot. I give him a lot of uh, of gruff. Um, we we have a great synergy. And I think that's what's really important in a in a commentary team. Um, I I I I got great synergy with him. Um, not as good as my synergy with Matt Yaden, but that's for a completely different reason. I would still say that the best commentary team that Rocky Man Pro ever had was me and Yaden. Um, maybe someday he'll decide to quit playing wrestler and get serious about <laughs> doing something else and run the company. Um, but uh, Katie and I do, uh, a, 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 I think, a, a really good job. Um, we have a great history. Katie has been with the company for nine of its 10 years, I believe. So uh, he's got, uh, you know, he's one of our, our, our biggest production guys as well. A lot of the video packages you see, um, you know, you get the, the logo and all that that's behind yes. me. He does. If you're all watching of that here on well. E's and B's. The Aces Wild logo behind Titus. There, oh, beautiful oh, logo. Hate. I got. I know you I can get some get of that, that merch as well. <laughs> that's right. That's right. But uh, you know, Katie does all that for us as well. He's uh, he, he edits our television shows. Uh, good partner to be with. Um, of course, he's always got his little conspiracy theories. Uh, deal right. with that. Well, you know, it comes with comes with the territory, as they say. Well, Titus, it's been an honor and pleasure. But before I get out and get you out of here. As I always do with all my interviewees, I want to turn the table over to you, let you promote anything you got out there in the social media world. But also, do you got any questions you'd like to ask old Eddie B here before we get out? You know, I I, I, I don't have any questions for you other than uh, are you going to be watching Aces Wild? You better bet your, well, I won't say it, but yes, <laughs> I will be there or I'll be watching. You'll be don't watching. you worry, you're right. Uh, you know, and, and, and for me, uh, you can go to evilgeniustitus.live. That's my website. All my social media is there. Uh, hit me up on Twitch, twitch.tv backslash evilgeniustitus. Uh, Going to be doing some reformatting, some new things over on the Twitch channel here in the next couple of weeks. Nothing to officially announce. Wish I could, but I'm not really ready to do that. But uh, you can, you know, everything you find me on, on social media is evilgeniustitus. Awesome. Well, like I said, man, it was an honor and pleasure to have you on. I can't wait to have you back in the future. Everybody and everybody out there, it's the evil genius, Titus Machiavelli. 
What an awesome interview that was. Once again, Titus Machiavelli from Rocky Mountain Pro. Check him out tomorrow night commentating for the pay-per-view going down on Twitch. Don't miss it. Ace is wild. Can't wait, man. I got some good stuff. Stay tuned. I can't tell you about it, but I got some really cool stuff coming from that. We'll be posting that. Make sure you like, share, subscribe, follow us on all of our uh, pages. Make sure you leave a comment. We love when you guys comment, get back to us. We got a lot of things to give away, so make sure you stay tuned to the YouTube channel as well. Some unboxing videos are coming. We got some special Special things coming up next week for the Daytona 500. Yep, we're going to do a giveaway right here on the E's and B's for the Daytona 500 coming up in two weeks. So stay tuned next week as we talk about that. But hey, let's jump into the scrambled eggs segment of the week here as it's Royal Rumble week. That's right, Royal Rumble going down Sunday. I can't wait. Uh, I know there's going to be some great big names coming forward. You know, we've been talking about it now for a couple weeks who we think might be coming. RVD. We already know Edge made a, a special announcement, so he's already in it. Uh, Brock Lesnar, I think, might show up, but uh, definitely keep your eye. Who do you think is going to show up out there in E's and B's land? Let us know. Should be interesting. But uh, let's talk a little bit about Royal Rumble. That's right. Royal Rumble started way back in 1988. Now, Royal Rumble was created by Pat Patterson, the late Pat Patterson. And uh, he, you know, came up with this idea on his own. And in 88, they ran the first one in Hamilton, Ontario, where Hacksaw Jim Duggan was the first original winner. This At this one, though, they only had 20 wrestlers when they first started the Royal Rumble, folks. It was, you know, just a, a trial thing. It was a way to showcase some talent. But they wasn't sure quite where they were going with it. And look at where we're at now. This thing has blown up to one of my favorite events every year. Can't wait. Especially when it's in front of the fans. We know it's a little bit different this year. Last year was one of the last events. Obviously, it was the last pay-per-view for WWE in front of fans. But this year, they're going to obviously do it at the Thunderdome. Sunday night. Don't miss it. It's going to be great. Uh, one of the uh, first, or excuse me, the first women's Royal Rumble, as you all know. It wasn't until 2018, so quite a gap there before they actually got the women's involved in the Royal Rumble scene, which, you know, I don't mind. I think it's pretty cool. The first one, obviously, was in 2018 where they were in Philadelphia, and Ashka are the original women's Royal Rumble winner. So that's pretty cool. Another couple facts I got for you. Stone Cold Steve Austin, folks. I know you know him. He still holds the record to today as three-time winner, folks. That's right. He's won the Rumble three times. And he's the only person right now to date that's won it three times. There's multiple uh, two-time winners, including Hulk Hogan. He won it in 90-91. Shawn Michaels won it in 95-96. Triple H won it in 2002 and 2016. A little bit different there than Hogan and Michaels. Obviously, Hogan and Michaels winning it back-to-back years. Triple H is a little, little bit of a 14-year gap. Batista, same kind of thing. He won it in 05 and then turned around and won it in 14 a little bit of gap there. My man John Cena, he gets it in 08 and in 2013. And last on the double win list was Randy Orton winning in 09 and obviously just a couple years ago back in 2017. So pretty cool. Not very many people have won it more than once. That's what I like about it. It changes it up every year. You're not too sure what's going to happen. Last year, you know, you would have thought for sure Brock Lesnar, hands down, 
was not going to lose as he was just eliminating people left and right. But, you know, un- un- or here came Drew McIntyre and changed the whole storyline. And-, and here we set today, Drew McIntyre, obviously the biggest name on that side and still holding the belt. You know, so pretty cool story there. Uh, a little more, a little more facts here. Uh, the shortest time ever in the Royal Rumble was held by Santino Marella. He was in there for one second, folks. I don't even know if that counts. Like, did he, he really wasted his time that day getting ready if he was only in there for a second. I feel bad for that guy. The most uh, eliminations we've had in the Royal Rumble were uh, Roman Reigns with 12. Now let's talk about the most eliminations total held. The record being held with Shawn Michaels right now at 39. I think that will be passed really soon. Let me know what you guys think out there in E's and B's land. The most appearances for the uh, Royal Rumble to date right now, the record being held by Kane. He's also he's the uh, holding the record for not only the most appearances, but the most consecutive appearances. Uh, you know, it wasn't until 1996 the Royal Rumble changed to 30 competitors. So for those first several years, it was only 20 people. But in 96, that's when they decided to change it to uh, 30 competitors. person that has held the longest time in the ring for the Royal Rumble is Daniel Bryan. He currently holds the, the longest time at 56 minutes. Pretty cool there. You know, that's a long time to be in the ring. As you all know, in order to, to get that long time in the ring, you've got to either be the first or second person in. And uh, I don't see anybody breaking that record anytime soon. Obviously, going into this Sunday, Daniel Bryan is a big favor. A lot of people picking him. We'll have to see what happens. But let's talk about some of the other winners that's happened way back in the day. Only We've only had one, two, three, about four people win it from the number one spot, folks. Vince McMahon being one, I don't really count him, so we'll say three. Chris Benoit, Shawn Michaels, and Rey Mysterio are the original only three people that have won it from number one. Will we see that this year? I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. There's only been a couple people that have won it from the 30 spot. Obviously, you all know John Cena, the originator of winning it from the 30 spot, in my opinion. <laughs> you know, just when you don't think he's going to show up, he shows up 30 and then wins the whole thing. Also, the another person, the big name that's won it from the 30 spot was The Undertaker. You know, that was back in, I think, 07, Undertaker coming in at 30 and just dominating. You know, I'm kind of surprised he doesn't have more wins in the Royal Rumble than he does. In my opinion, he should be up there with Stone Cold, but that's just my opinion. Here are some of the other followers, or some of the other winners as followed. Obviously, we already talked about it. We'll go from the very first year to the end. First year starting with Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Then we had Big John Studd, Hulk Hogan, Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair, Yokozuna, Bret Hart, Lex Luger, Shawn Michaels, Shawn Michaels, Stone Cold, Stone Cold, McMahon, The Rock, Stone Cold again, Triple H, Brock Lesnar, Chris Benoit, Batista, Rey Mysterio, Undertaker, John Cena, Randy Orton, Edge, Albert Del Rio, Sheamus, John Cena, Batista, Roman Reigns, Triple H, Randy Orton, Shinsuke Nakamura, Seth Rollins, and just last year, Drew McIntyre. That's all the winners I've got for the Royal Rumble up to date, folks. Like I said, stay tuned, man. We're going to have a good Rumble coming on Sunday. I can't wait. I hope there's some big names that show up and and the storylines only get better from Rumble on going into WrestleMania. We'll keep our eyes peeled, see what happens. My prediction right here, you're hearing it live. 
I'm taking Edge winning the Royal Rumble on the men's side, and I'm also taking, wait for it, wait for it, Bianca Belair. That's right, Bianca Belair winning the women's. You heard it first here on the E's and B's. That's my predictions going forward into this Sunday. Hey, we're about to wind things down. I'm going to bring Lauren in here. We're going to get to everybody's favorite segment. That's right, get out your jams, your jellies, your butters, your cinnamons, your sugars, your toast. Let's spread it. Stay tuned. You're listening to the E's and B's podcast. This is the Wildcat, Balaam Lynx, and you're listening to the E's and B's podcast. Don't forget to tune in this weekend for Rocky Mountain Pro's pay-per-view, Aces Wild. All right, that was the Wildcat, Balaam Lynx. Good luck to him tomorrow night at Aces Wild. Don't forget, check it out on Twitch. Like Titus Machiavelli said earlier, probably the best wrestling on Twitch you can find going down tomorrow night. Rocky Mountain Pro, Ace is Wild. It's going to be great. Well, it's that time of the show, folks. Get out your jams, get out your jellies, get out your butters. It's time to spread it. It's the toast. All right. Welcome back to the toast, Lauren. Hey, yep. Lauren. Hi. We got a lot of things to wrap up here at the end of the show, Lauren. I got some things I want to talk to you about. But before we dive into that, let's give our weekly shout-outs. Shout-out to Tyus Machiavelli. Like I said, thank you so much for being on the show. It was a blast having him on. Can't wait to catch up with him. Shout-out to Rocky Mountain Pro for all the things they've been doing for us here at the E's and B's. You know, big, big things coming with us and them here in the very, very near future. We'll talk about that maybe next week. Shout-out Corey Lyon. Shout-out to Lilith, Bud Bellaflower, Yaden, Scotty, Balaam Lennox, and, of course, the champ, Dustin Urich. Shout-out to Jumbo. Robert Yoho over there at Showtime Speedway. Man, if you guys didn't see that race in action, make sure you check it out. It's there on Facebook. Also, stay tuned. He's got a lot more cool things coming. Also, shout-out to or OVW. Shout-out to Cashflow, Pro Wrestling Tees. And make sure you stay tuned next week. As we got special guest Dan Jacobs from 104.3 The Fan coming on. We're going to talk a little bit about the Super Bowl, baby. I can't wait to see what he's got to say. Also coming up next week, OVW, Tough Love. We're going to have a couple people talking about that also on the show. And hey, Lauren, how about this? Did you check out what happened earlier this week with myself and Zicky Dice? I did not. I was working. Well, if you don't follow Zicky Dice, make sure you do on Wednesday's Twitch. That's his show. I was on there. He had special guest Ricky Starks, and uh, I actually got to ask him a couple questions, Lauren. The Ricky Starks. The Ricky Starks. Starkman Jones, AEW. That's right. I actually got to ask him if, hey, me and Zicky were going to the movies tomorrow to see the movie about his life, what would be the name of it? And uh, Ricky Starks came up with Upside Down, and he had a he had a pretty cool analogy to tell us why and everything. If you didn't see that, go back, check out Zicky Dice on Twitch. Give him a follow, give him a shout-out, tell him Eddie B from E's and B's sent you. Also, coming up uh, here really, really soon, we'll have Lauren's Murder Mysteries here in February. She's working on it very hard, Lauren. How's yeah. it going? It's 
going good. I I hope I uh, do it justice. Yeah, me too. So I can't to speak. <laughs> I can't wait. That first one was great with Lilith. Maybe a special guest with you this time. We'll wait and see. That's coming up here in a couple weeks yep. on the E's and B's podcast. Also mentioned earlier, guys, if you don't know, if you're a WWE Network member, things are switching in March. They're going to Peacock. I'll uh, keep you keep you update on what the changes will be going forward as I'm a member myself, and I'm kind of curious to see what the changes yeah, are going to be. Yeah, do have to purchase anything like ESPN Plus or... I sure hope not, you know, what? that... Uh, <laughs> That seems like that would, you know, that's the way things have been going yeah, lately. You got to purchase sweet. one to get the other. Yeah. So we'll wait and see what happens. I'll keep everybody updated on that. Also, uh, new designs there at the E's and B's merch store. Make sure you go check them out. We got also other new designs coming out very, very soon. Some cool things happening at the E's and B's merch. Make sure you check that out. Hey, support small businesses. Everybody needs that. We're all struggling right now. Well, Lauren, with that, that's about all I've got here on the toast. What do you got for them? Okay, I have weekly numbers. Uh, just a few first little notes, though. I just wanted uh, to give you a fun fact of the day. E's and B's fun fact. I think I'm going to tell right, you what right. the daily, daily day is. That's kind of hard to say. Give you a fun fact and uh, just trying to find some, some cool things out there. So, to start out today, January 29th. 29th. Yes. My days are off. Huh? Friday, January 29th is National Corn Chip Day. Oh, wow. All right. Get your corn chips. Yeah. Get your crunch on. And uh, Puzzle Day. Oh, awesome. We love doing puzzles here in yeah. the E's and B's family. Yeah, we do. Um, so, that's what day it is. If you want to, you know, support uh, corn chips or puzzles today, go for it. And uh, today's... Fun fact of the day is uh, the United States has more museums than Starbucks and McDonald's locations combined. Wow, no way. You know, that's something that should be brought to light. You know, that's kind of a lost art or, or should I say a lost venture for most is going to museums. Mm-hmm. When's the last time you've been to a museum? I can't even Exactly. Remember. That's pretty crazy. <laughs> but uh, I can tell you, last know. time I've been to a Starbucks and McDonald's. <laughs> yeah, right. Not too long ago. Hey, yeah. one more thing, Lauren. I got a trivia for it before we let everybody go. Who was the first professional athlete to host Saturday Night Live? Any guesses? No, because Saturday Night Live started way before. Well, how about this? Time. Back in 1977, Minnesota Vikings quarterback Fran Tarkin became the first athlete to host Saturday Night Live. Way back in January of 77. Who was you know, he? You know, he's a quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings back then. Pretty big star. Went mm-hmm. on to a pretty successful career. But let me just note this. Other sports mm-hmm. stars that have uh, hosted Saturday Night Live. It's been a lot. Yeah, there's been a bunch. How about Bill Russell, John Madden, Bob Uecker, Joe Montana, Walter Payton, Wayne Gretzky, O.J. Simpson, Billy Martin, Jeff Gordon, Chris Everett, George Steinbrenner. Michael Jordan, Charles Barkley did it four times. Nancy Kerrigan, George Foreman, Deion Sanders, Derek Jeter, Andy Roddick, Lance Armstrong, Peyton Manning, LeBron James, Tom Brady, Michael Phelps, Eli Manning, and J.J. Watt. That's the people that so far have hosted Saturday Night Live. Hasn't Peyton hosted it twice? I do believe he has. I I think he's hosted it more than once. The first one, obviously the best one. But that's your weekly trivia. Shout out to the birthdays, Andre Reid. Arenas Williams, Mark Gasol, all today. Shout out to them. Well, Lauren, before we let them go, how about let's give them the cities, the shout outs of the week. 
And that was your daily trivia and news and fun facts in the business for the day, we should say. Now moving on to our top ten of the week this past week. Um, so we're going to start at number ten. It's Berlin, I believe, again. Germany. Uh, number nine is free, Freelacing Corinthia. Corinthia. Uh, yeah. And then foreign sure countries, baby, they popping up yeah, every week. Love it. Uh, eight is San Francisco, California. Number seven is Istanbul. Six, Denver, Colorado. Well, that's fallen quite a bit. Yeah, Denver it? dropping down the Where list. Hey, that's Denver? great. More listeners, the better. That's what we say here at the E's and B's. Uh, number five is Anderson, Indiana. Four, Sioux City, Iowa. Jumping up quite a bit. Sioux City. Thank you. Uh, number three is San Jose, California. Number two is Cliché France. Cliché France. Holding it down at the number two. Thank That's you right. so much. Um, I want to know if I'm saying that correctly, too. Me too. So, We're probably botching it, but yeah. Uh, France people. Reach out to us. Hit like, us share, subscribe, <laughs> comment. Let us know. We would if love I'm... to send a prize to, yeah, the, we really would. to France or across the ocean. That's for sure. Uh, and number one is Fort Collins, Colorado. Um, but I do have some very honorable mentions that uh, popped up in a different location than usual. Um, Washington, Virginia has really pulled through this last week um, by a lot. I'll just say that. I'm not sure on the exact numbers, but via a different app, they accounted for about 66% of our listeners yeah. last week. Keep it up. Um, with over I challenge the rest of you to do exactly the same. Make sure you like, share, subscribe. Follow us at easeandbees.org. Pass the gravy. Spread the butter. Tell a friend. Tell somebody. Tell a family member. That's right. Well, Lauren, you got anything else for these fine listeners out there on this beautiful Friday? I think that's it. We love you guys. Thank you so much for following us. Make sure you tell somebody about us. Spread the word. You're listening to the E's and B's podcast. And until next Friday, folks, where it's going to be a jam-packed show, don't miss it. Super Bowl talk, tough love talk, and all kinds of sports talk. That's right. You're listening to the E's and B's. And until then, make sure you eat your breakfast. You're listening to the E's and B's podcast. I'm Lilith, and Ace is wild. It's going to be.